Before we head into the episode, I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Gong, Salesloft, Proposify, ZoomInfo, Chili Piper, Reprise, and Vidyard. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Welcome to the One Up Flowing Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan J. Ingram, and <laughs> we got a different setup this time. And we interview sales leaders, business owners, and creators to make sure that we get the most information we can from a one-up formal standpoint on their sales career. And today we are in person. We are in a content house here in Atlanta. This is this is crazy scenery. And we have Gabrielle Blackwell, aka GB. We're gonna talk about why she says GB. I, I don't I don't know why that is, obviously because initials, but we don't know why she's claiming that. But we're gonna talk about a theme today around why managers should be better coaches and why managers need to improve. This is going to be a very spicy conversation. As always, though, before we get into the meat of it, we like to ask some questions, have some fun. So I've seen a lot in your content and a lot in your LinkedIn profile. You talk about authenticity. So what exactly does that mean to you? Because I think it's a word that just gets thrown around from time to time, but doesn't really have a true meaning behind it or people see it as very fluffy. Yeah, I think the best way that I can put it is like where your words and your actions align. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is like one one part of being authentic. For me, I also feel like there have been some things that have happened in my past where if I wasn't very upfront about that, mm -hmm. people could take my narrative and make it their own in a way that's not beneficial to me. So for me, being authentic is also saying, all right, there might've been things that have happened in my past, things that are happening today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn how to fully integrate that into my existence and show up and own my narrative in the way that's true and right for me and be very, very like open and honest about that. So that's kind of my, my why of being authentic and yeah. why I think it's important as well. I think that's an amazing answer. And one thing that you talked about is your past. And I was just talking about being open and honest. I watched an interview that you had. You talked about your spirituality and you were very open with that. So what does that mean to you? And how's that translated to your sales career? Ooh, yeah. I think spirituality wise, for me, like my true belief is that like we're all connected. Like mm -hmm. we're all going through a very, very similar experience. And therefore like by us being all connected, like I don't have to feel like I'm alone. I can yeah. be that much more understanding with people. I can be way more compassionate. And I can also believe that people will do the same thing for me. Absolutely. So the more patient I am with others, like the more patience that I'll get in return. Mm -hmm. So that to me is kind of like the basis of, I think my beliefs and what gives me a lot of comfort. Um, and in terms of how that's shown up for me in my sales career, being a manager, like leading a team right now, yeah. I get to... I get to like embody a set of values and a way of life that acts as an example for others. So yeah. while I might have not always had like the best bosses or the best experiences, I always get to choose how I want to show up and who I want to be in a situation. And I think with that, I, I hopefully have the opportunity to also get people to think about like, how can we make it that much better yeah. at the same time too? So for me to go, all right, I, I believe that we're all connected. I think that we're all are having a shared experience. This also allows me to look at like anyone and everyone and see all of their potential and not only relegate like certain kinds of people with certain kinds of backgrounds as being successful. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, great. I now become a much more relevant, a much more inclusive leader at the same time too. Absolutely. And I think I'm like, all right. And with this, I believe that I have more opportunities than maybe other people who can only see things in one very specific way. Yeah. And 
most managers that we've seen across the board, when they look at things in one way, they mm -hmm. can only coach in one way, mm -hmm. manage in one way, mm -hmm. and then they're one way out the door. So, yeah. so we would hope. Yeah, we would hope. <laughs> we would hope. But it happens more yeah. than not, right? Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah. Managers being their coaches, there's obviously a lot of managers out there in the technology space that we're in. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are getting SCR managers for the first time or even mm -hmm. AE managers for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they are just getting thrown in the fire and they have no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. And they don't even understand what the role that they're getting themselves into. So let's talk about why should managers become more coaches mm -hmm. instead of just being managers? Because I think this is a really important point to start yeah. on. I feel like processes are managed. Yeah. Like uh, building reports is something that we manage. Like numbers yeah. are what we manage. Mm -hmm. I will venture to say that people are unmanageable. So you're saying we shouldn't have managers. We just need to get rid of them. Is that I, what you're saying? I, 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 again, I, if I think about if I have to put on a manager hat, it's yeah. more like, hey, we're missing information in our CRM that we mm -hmm. need to use to report upon. And so I need to manage people. To, like, I need to manage that down to my team to make sure that we're all aligning on the processes yeah. and that the business can run in the way that it needs to run. But in terms of like, I don't know that you can truly like manage behaviors. You can influence behaviors. Okay. And I think that's where it, when you show up as a coach, and to me, a coach is more so someone who can look at the numbers. There is a number, like a, a data point of it. Sure interpret what's going on to inform their decisions of how they show up. Yeah. But a coach will also go to someone and they're not going to say, hey, like, here's your problem. Here's what you need to do. A coach will say, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Here's some potential problems that mm. I'm seeing here. Like, what do you think it is to explain like why this is showing up in your performance? Yeah. So a coach is really going to be the one who encourages that critical and sometimes strategic thinking of their people. Mm -hmm. And they're not just trying to spoon feed an answer or like, shove one answer down someone's throat. Do you feel like people can't be strategic because they haven't been strategic themselves? Like, why don't people do more of what you just said? It seems like straightforward. Like, okay, like... I mean, we could have a whole entire conversation about the schooling system. <laughs> yeah, part, part two, part two. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of... Um, I feel like Roderick Jefferson talks about this quite Shout a bit. Shout out to Roderick. Yeah, where he's like, if you think about the kind of training and educational structure that people go through yeah. in school, it's very, very linear. And mm -hmm. it's very much built so that you can ace a test. And then all of a sudden you get thrown into the world where it's not a matter of, do you know the answers the best? It's more like, can you think critically about this problem? And can you come up with a different way of approaching it? Like that, those kinds of things are rewarded. Mm -hmm. And unless you went to maybe a, like a liberal arts college, like yeah. you're not getting trained in that way. Yeah. So I think a lot of people can come into the work environment and some work organizations are going to support this where there's a lot of structure, there's a lot that has already been answered. And so they just need people who are going to come in and do as they're told. Like that's, yeah. and, and some people want that. I'm like, great, wonderful, go ahead. But there's like no real growth there. No, not really. So if you're going into an organization, I think about the companies that I've worked with or worked at, such as like Gong, Airtable, mm. you're coming in and you really are expected to like build the plane as it's flying. Yeah. And so if you're someone who's like, wait a minute, why don't you just <laughs> give me the answers? <laughs> and it's like, you're, you're going, you're going to fail. You're going to sink. And yeah. so, um, I think one of the things that managers or people in leadership positions can start to do is not just give someone an answer, but also explain to them why it's yeah. that answer. So like, let's teach a structure, let's teach a formula versus here's the, here's the outcome by itself. Yeah. And then like, and then once you've introduced that, 
reinforce or start to help people practice that kind of critical thinking or strategic thinking by asking them questions. Like, hey, you booked nine meetings last week. How did you do? Like, where do you think you're getting your success from? If someone says, I don't know, go, that's an unacceptable answer. Come up with a theory. It's not good at all. Come up with a theory. (laughs) Something. Yeah. Come up with a theory and it could be totally wrong, but I want you to at least practice coming up with theories as to why you're being successful. Mm -hmm. And I think another big point is to also stress the importance of why they should be doing this work. Yeah. So one of the things that I'll share with my reps is, hey, like you're a BDR right now. Where do you see your career going in your next step? And they might say an AE. Cool. Three roles from now, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself going? And they'll go, oh, like I kind of want to be a leader. I'm like, great. What does that even mean? Right. They're, they want to go into a management position. Yeah, they yeah. want to manage people. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And help me understand, if you can't figure out what makes you successful, how mm-hmm. are you going to be able to help others figure out what makes them successful yeah. or why they're not being successful? So once I put it in that kind of lens, I think people go, okay, it's super important for me to figure out how to operationalize my own success um, and to demonstrate mastery by being able to articulate what it, what is it that makes me successful. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can unpack here, right? And you talked about some type of structure for them, a framework. And even one thing that you hinted at that happens a lot is you'll find the number one or number two rep and it's like, oh, this is what they said, so everyone needs to say it. Mm. And then some people sound whack on the phones, right? (laughs) Their emails are trash. You're like, what is going on? So these are things that happen. And like you said, if you don't have those skills, if you Mm -hmm. are a new manager, you don't know what's truly going on Mm -hmm. when you're expected to build this plane while it's in flight Mm -hmm. or even the company's growing so fast Mm -hmm. and there is no coaching or leadership. Yep. So, so going back to this, I'm a new manager. Let's say I'm hearing what you're saying, like, GB, that makes all the sense in the world. Like, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, but where should someone start? Can we give some tactics here on how they can be better coaches? Yeah. How can they do these frameworks yes. so that they're not just lost in a sea of madness? Ooh, great question. So something that I think it can be really, really helpful is kind of going back to the data part, like yeah. map out like map out your BDR's funnel, like okay. identify the kinds of KPIs that make the most, like that make the most sense for your business, especially conversion rates. So I'm sharing everything that I do. Is this, is this, so when you say this, so to peel this back a little bit, mm-hmm. is this a spreadsheet? Is this a document? Is this yeah, in it could be a, spreadsheet. Like a CRM? Like yeah. what, what are we doing here? I mean, if you like, if your CRM is set up yeah. where you can get all these data inputs in there <laughs> and pause. you can run the CRM is set up, which yeah. is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, like, if I, listen, if yeah. it, yeah, I'm like, if your CRM is configured in yeah. a way where you can run all this stuff in a CRM, do that. Yeah. Um, I've been using a spreadsheet for the past couple of gigs that I've been at. And so I'm looking at not just activity volume, but yeah. it's also conversion. So like call to connect okay. when we get it connects, like, how many conversations are we having? How many okay. conversations are turning into demos? And then email, email opens, email replies mm-hmm. for the emails that open up. How many replies are we getting? Even for like prospects work to meeting booked, accounts yep. work to meeting booked, depending on what kind of segment that you're in. So once I have, once I have actually have visibility into the funnel yeah. for each individual on my team, but also on the team averages as well, okay. then that's where I can really start to benchmark like what is good look like? So let's pause. Yes. You said team averages. Is that yes. your? So this is my for, team average. Okay, because we have you could have a team. There could be five BDR teams. Yes, and you manage one of the five. Yes. So is it across the five or just yours? 
So I've done just mine. Okay. But that's also because it's just been the easiest to calculate. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, but if I'm, I would say if I'm like, hey, if our, if our teams are exactly the same in terms of same segment, same accounts, all of that, it does, it is very, very helpful to look at the segment averages as well for a coaching, my, like coaching individuals is also, as well as identifying opportunities for coaching and enablement at the team level. I'll just look at my team's. Like just my reps on my team. Got it. Okay. Okay, cool. So like once you have visibility into like the funnel, um, then what I'll do is I will look at, I'll kind of start to benchmark and go, okay, cool. Who's above the average? Like these mm-hmm. might be my outliers and who's below average. And so these are the folks who are bringing things down. Okay. For like, for my outliers at the top level, I want to start to understand like what are maybe some of their behaviors okay. that they're doing? And then what, is there any kind of difference between what they're doing and what my bottom folks are doing. Mm-hmm. And if so, then it's like, okay, let's try and test out some of these behaviors and see if that starts to lift up the numbers in that way. So um, if we were to back it up of like, hey, like, what have we done? Why is this important? First and foremost, the data will tell a story and mm-hmm. it will also allow you to benchmark as well. So um, so like that's the first step. The second part of this is also like for each conversion point. So a conversion point could be, again, call to connect, right? Connect to conversation. I also want to come up with a theory of like, what is this convert? Like, what do these conversions tell me? Okay. So if it's call to connect, this lets me know like, all right, this person is demonstrating the calling behaviors that enable them to have more conversations. Yep. And then here are the few here are the few factors that are influencing that as well. Okay. So that could be time of day that the calls are happening. Yep. It could be the volume of calls that are happening. It could be uh, how are you distributing out those number of calls throughout the day okay, as that's well. Important. Super important. Yeah, because people are, <laughs> are going to be reckless. Be yeah, because yeah. I mean, because typically you'll see like someone, especially for folks who are not. I'll be honest, they're not meant to be in the SDR role, at least not mm. at that company. And they're very disengaged, maybe very demoralized. Whatever and they just it is. pick the job because they're like, yeah. oh, and like so my it's friend a, told me, yeah. like whatever. And so what ends up happening is they're like, cool, here are my KPI expectations. It's yep. 60 calls per day. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go call, end, call, end, call, end, call, end. For one hour, I hit my numbers, leave me alone. I'm good. I'm good. So from a coaching perspective, I just look at the surface level of here, here's the activity. I don't know anything. I don't know that story. Mm. Even when I go into the conversion rates, it tells me a little bit more. But once I understand the factors that are influencing those numbers, like that's really where I can go in and diagnose some issues. Mm. And once I and then and bring that up with the with the rep. Like, yeah. hey, I, I know you're making 60 calls a day. Uh from a high level, it's great. Yeah. Here are some concerns that I have. It's a you're not having any conversations. Yep. When I'm going in and I'm looking at the numbers, I'm seeing some big inconsistencies. Yeah. In terms of your calling behaviors, help me understand what's going on. Right. Like, yeah. You have to unpack that to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, I, so I think like that. That to me is kind of the framework, which is like you kind of you look. Um, actually, there's a bunch of other things. Like you look at the data. Yeah. You you come up with some ideas as to like what influences those numbers, and then from there, like you can have your own theory, but like ask the rep, like what do you think is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think explains this? Some people might tell you, Hey, GB, like I actually hate this job, and yeah. I hate you. <laughs> and <they're> like, <laughs> like, and like okay, yeah, okay, that's a different we're, conversation. We're getting, we're getting real, and so, then yeah. and then other people. It just might be a matter of, hey, I was actually coached to just call yep. one hour a day and make a bunch of calls. And now it's like, okay, let, let's try some things out 
and we can brainstorm on now what is what does a new way look like for you? Yeah. And like that to me is where I feel like the coaching can come in and be very, very helpful, which is, all right, I have some ideas as to what's happening. Let's first pair up with the BDR or your rep yep. and, and come up and get alignment in that way and then offer up perspective and insights, but then brainstorm with their rep on like, what is a new way look like? And then yep. how can we partner together to make sure that, you know, we're moving in the right direction. Pardon the interruption. When I'm not doing these one-up format podcast interviews, I'm coaching and training teams within large tech organizations such as Salesforce, Slack, and Zoom. And the thing is, you could get that same exact information within our better on-demand platform. And within this platform, it's the same exact courses that we're training clients on, live AMAs, webinar recordings, templates, and also in invitations to our live events as well. So don't wanna miss out on this opportunity. We have a lot of members right now really doing well within their role, getting promoted and over accelerating on their quota. So if you want an opportunity, go check out our membership program so that you can get involved and start getting these same results as well. This is all great stuff. I mean, everything you unpacked is what people normally aren't doing, yeah. right? They're not taking the time to be proactive, which we're about to talk about here in a minute, unpacking data that typically would be like, oh, I don't have it on my sheet, so it doesn't matter. So they're not gonna mm -hmm. go and find it. Even mm -hmm. finding the averages is mm -hmm. key. I remember as a manager, one of the best piece of advices that I got was to stack rank your reps, mm -hmm. which sounds bad in retrospect, because I could be like, yo, you're an F dog, but like, but like, but you also have to know where yeah. your team is at. You gotta be like, this person is bringing me down. They're getting one out of 16 yeah. for the month. Like, why are you one out of 16? Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's affecting me. And also it's affecting you because you just, you're wasting your time. And the team. Yeah. And the team. I think Across that's also a big part of the coaching is we, we can have the people, like we can be super invested. I've fallen, I've, I've been in this where I'm like, yeah. I so believe in you. I was a big advocate for you. Sure. But a great coach will also be like, you are not cutting it. Yeah. And, it, and I also think about like, what is the impact going to be on the team? So I think a coach is also someone who's going to think about the team as well. Yep. So if it's, hey, if I, if essentially if I tolerate underperformance mm. or falling below expectations and there's not something like personal going on in your life, like it's just you're... Yeah. You're, uh, it truly is an unwillingness at yeah. that point in time. I'm like, I'm condoning this. And then who's like, and if I have top performers on my team, they're probably likely going to be pissed. Yeah. They're going to be like, I'm working my ass off. And here's so-and-so over here who's like not doing anything, who comes in late to meetings, like is hardly even doing their work and they just get to skate by. So I feel like that kind of stuff starts to um, discourage top performers. It encourages people to leave as well. Absolutely. And then it can also start to introduce like a, a little bit of a toxic culture as well. It does. You talked about data, but what's the number one underlooked data mm. that no one talks about? So there's something I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if it's like a the only data point that I feel like could show up is in an engagement survey, mm. but like the relationship between the manager and the rep is so important. Okay. So I can't remember which book I got this from, but it's basically saying that performance equals like relationship, like times, yeah. like activities and outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have no relationship, you have no performance. Yep. 
So yeah, so like so 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 talk about this. So my second question mm -hmm. is that because you are very proactive as a manager, mm -hmm. typically means that maybe you had managers in the past that were not. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I hit a nerve, so that's accurate. So the, the question lies into, oh. walk me through that, how that experience was, yeah. and then what was the transformational shift mm. for you to be like, I'm going to be a proactive coach and manager, which yeah. there aren't that many. Yeah. So like I, I've had, I think I have had, um, there's like the laissez-faire managers, a little okay. bit hands-off. So like I had a manager and, and he was a great guy. Like we had mm. a really great relationship. Was he coaching me? in terms of skills and um it's going through like, the motions skill yeah i mean skills wise like i wasn't getting any training on the job mm -hmm. uh was he invested in my career development like yeah. yes he was right he's like hey like how about i start teaching you some new things yeah um so there there was that but i do reflect on that time of like honestly i was just kind of allowed to do my own thing and i was very very resourceful like wanted to get mentors and so i was always i was always very driven to perform and prefer, perform in a way that was like ex truly exceptional, like elite. Yeah. Um, now, one of the hard lessons that I think I had to learn when I went into a manager position was not everybody's like that. Most people are not. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I was like, all right, if I operate in this level, I need to figure out a way like I have to build that bridge so that I can become more relevant to everyone. Because yeah. I'm only depending on essentially like that 10% in the workforce that's going to demonstrate those things, I'm like, I'm likely going to fail every single you time. Are. Yeah. It's not, gonna, it's not gonna be a good look. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not gonna be a good look. Not every, and, and I think there's also another piece of, like some people are going to like know what they need to look out for. Mm. Maybe they've had previous experience. Maybe they like have family who's in sales. Like they're just, they have access to information that not everybody has access to. And especially if you just say, hey, like hit these KPIs, people will hit vanity metrics for the sake of hitting vanity metrics. So it's like, all right, cool. Like you really do have to expose people like I think about in basketball, we talk like the folks who are um, who kind of get lauded quite a bit are the ones who have a really high court IQ. Yeah. Right. I'm like, cool. We have to teach people like BDR IQ, outbound prospecting yeah, IQ. And I'm like, the only way that you really get that is when you are actually like, analyzing the game and teaching people and sharing with them like, here's what's going on and here's why, and also stressing the importance of why they should know that information as well. So things that like that help me build that bridge to be more relevant to more people. Honestly, it's like I had a boss who made my life a living hell and I had to figure yeah. out a way to like- Navigate it. Yeah, I had to figure out a way to navigate the really, I had to figure out a way to navigate our communication in a way where it's like, hey, I just need to mm -hmm. give you the information that you need to have in order to kind of like leave me alone. And then, but with my reps, I had to be like, hey, listen, we got to get better and we got to get better yesterday. And so, and here's how we're going to do this. Like, we're going to run through these numbers. We're going to know exactly what our business looks like. And then we're kind of come up with a theory as to what's going to be most yeah. important. So being more collaborative. Yeah. But what's even more important with this going back to the relationship pieces or a little bit of the relationship pieces, like if I really understand like how the person works and the numbers can show me to an extent. So if yeah. I see that there's someone on my team who is like, 85% of their meetings are being booked over the phone. Um, they've got a 8% call to connect rate and mm. they've got a 12% conversation to demo booked rate. Yeah. They have a 3% reply rate on email. Okay. I'm like, 
So the way to help you hit your number or increase your number is not going to be email home. Girl. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're right? actually it's not like, going to make you do no, anything yeah, email related. We're, we're literally just gonna, we're going to optimize for calls. And that, yeah. So yep. like, and so like, if I just kind of came in, I just looked at the numbers and said, hey, like, we're just going to get you better at like what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. I think that can be incredibly discouraging for someone. So it's also like, hey, I really have to understand what are like, what are you really good at? Mm -hmm. But and then one more uh, one more step down is and what are you really good at that you like doing? Yeah, because like you could be really good at something and hate it. No, I, I love that you said that. I actually told Myra the same exact thing. Funny that you said calling. Mm -hmm. He had like. 30, 40 calls he would do per day, but he had a very high conversion mm -hmm. rate. And he was like, yeah, like I like talking to people on the phone, but I don't like the act of calling. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, is that the only thing that you don't like? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. I was like, okay, so like, if you make more calls, you know you'd make more money, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'd like that. I was like, I like you to make our calls too because we're all going to be good, right? Yeah. So the thing is, I was like, okay, so what you need to do is go find someone to go get make calls with so you can make it more exciting and you'll have a higher output. And he did and he did mm -hmm. really well. And that's exactly to the point you're saying. And I think that second layer is what people miss is mm -hmm. what do you like? What don't you like? Mm -hmm. How can we amplify what you like mm -hmm. so you're more engaged mm -hmm. and more in tune mm -hmm. with your job? Yeah. And so two things on that. One, you mentioned basketball and we're at the concert house and everyone's been talking about they're good at basketball. I'm going to beat everybody. So that, I just wanted to throw that out there as a side note. And then number two. Just because it's your podcast, I'm going to go. I know, I know. I'm interrupting the show. I know there's some good nuggets in here. However, we have to shout out our sponsor real quick, Vidyard. Now, Vidyard is a platform that allows you to send videos to any of your prospects or clients in a personalized manner to have a more human touch. Now, the reason why I love it is because it allows you to get more intimate with your prospects and clients in a hybrid world and really show your emotions, show your personality and connect with that person on the other side of the computer. Number two is you talked about, okay, you have this team and you're figuring out what they are like mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. So we talked about being a proactive coach and manager. You talked about that mm -hmm. time where I was like, it really wasn't good for me. You've given a lot of tactics on that, but talk about the one-on-one -on -one situation. Mm. We were talking about that earlier in yeah. the house and a couple people got riled up about it. Yeah. And that could, that's, a, that's a conversation itself. Yeah. But my question is, how do you start... Mm -hmm. The one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. so you make it more personal mm -hmm. for the rep and not treating them like another number. Yeah. So it, it's not just the one-on-one, -on -one, but like imagine you have you're new to a team, like you inherit mm -hmm. a team, or yep. you get someone new on your team. Mm -hmm. uh, something that could be really, really helpful is uh, setting agreements. So, okay. um, what I does that I, look like? I, I think I got this from Katie too. Okay. He so he would ask someone. Uh, what kind of manager would you like? Do yeah. you want a manager who has high expectations of you or low expectations of you? Mm. If they say low, you're like, cool, I'm not the one. <laughs> and if they say high, great, wonderful. So wait, hold on. If they say low expectations, is that immediately going to fire them? No, I'm just like, we level set on the expectations. Okay. Like, okay. I might ask why, like help me understand why that is. And yeah. so I've, I've had one person who did answer that question that way. Um, and it's like, why? Like, yeah. help me understand where's that coming from? And and I think with that person, they just had very, very low like um, self-regard in that way. Mm -hmm. Very, very insecure. So I, that gives us an opportunity to like kind of like bond. Yeah. So like, where is that coming from? Um, like, so I, I'll, I'll also ask people if they're like, hey, I'm not good at this. I'll ask them, who told you that? Yeah. 
Was that you who told you that or did somebody else tell yeah, you like, that? Where are you getting this information from? Yeah. And so we will, so once, once we kind of like can um, peel back the layers of that onion, mm. more often than not, it's like, hey, like, is this something that you've like, that you believe is true? Like, and will always be that way? Or is there an opportunity to maybe untie that knot a little bit and come yeah. up with a new truth? And, and would you be open to allowing me to be a part of that journey with you kind yeah. of thing? So Absolutely. like, so I think that's an amazing opportunity to go like, I care about who you are as a person. And this is the first conversation you have with the mm. reps. So that oh, I go full therapy mode. <laughs> Full therapy mode. People yeah. aren't ready for it, but we go there. So yes, yeah, so you have to. You have to, to a certain degree. Like being a manager is low key a therapist sometimes. Oh, it's a hundred percent. I also, I think that's also a reflection of how I'm going to show up for the rest of their time there. Yeah. So I, I like kind of like I'm like, hey, listen, like this is who I am. I'm much more of like a high touch, high frequency kind of person. Mm -hmm. Assuming that I don't have like a team size that's two times the size of what it should be. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to be highly involved. I care about them as people. I mm. never want them to doubt that I don't care about them or that yeah. I'm insincere. You're fully engaged and you're there. Yes. And you're you're engaged in the conversations. Mm -hmm. You're engaged in their life because you as you know in the personal yeah. life is going to interact yeah, with just, their professional life too. Yeah. I'm just truly invested that. in them. Yeah. Holistically. Right. So I'm like, whether that means like, you working on my team, working on another team, yep. or if we decide like, hey, the best way that I can show that I'm truly invested in you is mm -hmm. introducing you to another opportunity, another team. Like yeah. I've done that many times where I'm like, hey, it sounds like sales is not for you and that's okay. Like let's brainstorm on what career, like what what makes sense for what you like to do. For oh, sure. product marketing. Great. I actually know somebody in product marketing. So like I could like, do that intro. I yeah, can you yeah. Up. I'll be a reference. I'll help you with your resume, whatever that looks like. So, like that to me is like the true showing of like I'm just truly invested in 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 you. Yeah. So period. one thing you talked about is product yeah. in other departments, and we're talking about being proactive and being a coach. Mm -hmm. And most likely for your teams, you're probably running some pretty consistent coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. so you're not just sitting in the dashboard like oh like no one's making calls what's going on like you're actually like no what's going on so are you bringing in other teams to mm -hmm. run this coaching are you bringing in product to talk about product you bring marketing to talk about the campaigns yeah things like that yeah so if we have all right so on an um i think yeah so part of my job is going to be is going to be discerning between what needs to be coached on the individual level yep. and then what's impacting the entire team where mm -hmm. we can kind of like rationalize having a team training on yep. this. So at that point in time, if it's like, hey, when, one of the things that I'm noticing is we're really struggling on SLA adherence for okay. marketing qualified leads, who can one, talk about who the importance about it. of it, yeah. right? And then who can talk about, and then who's really good at actioning on that? Yeah. So that might look like, hey, let's bring in somebody from marketing operations, for example. Maybe we yeah. review the numbers of like the conversion rates for MQLs and like, can we highlight wins? Like who mm. is getting a lot of wins off of MQL specifically so that we can start to build that up? From a rep perspective? Mm -hmm. Would you have them share, do like a training coaching session? Yeah, as well? yeah, okay. yeah. So I just kind of have somebody who's going to be like, uh, yeah. So I think I want to find somebody. I could find someone from another department to talk on the topic, but I also want to find a champion. Yeah. Within within like the BDR team itself, who can go, hell yeah, I'm all about this. Mm -hmm. Look at the success that I've had, and also like here's 
here are some things that have worked really, really well for me, and yeah. then start to build up some groundswell until everybody else is just as excited. Yeah, I, I love that. I think a lot of times that people dismiss bringing in the rep to mm -hmm. actually do the coaching and the training so there's more buy-in because yeah. as an external trainer that comes in and managers always talk about like, oh, like this, you're saying the same thing that I would say, but no one listens to me because yeah, it's the mom and dad effect. We talk about it all yeah, the time. No, yeah. right? Reps are like, oh, like here's mom and dad telling this, me the same thing again. And like, yeah. that's what happens. So no, what, what I'll do with my reps now is if we have a one-on-one -on -one, yeah. um, uh, and we come up with an aha moment, like it might be coaching on sales now yeah. and it's like, hey, did you know that you can click into save accounts and start to run some company specific filtering on there. They're like, oh snap, I never knew that you could do Which that. It's insane that people don't know that, but like, but yes. It happens, <laughs> it happens. Um, so if it's like, all right, cool, like you did this, mm. you're fine, like regardless of you finding wins, on it or not, the fact that you know it exists is mm. now a win. Yeah. Will you please record a video of yourself going through this and share it in the team channel? Mm. So I'm like, so I'll very much- Say that again. That's a nugget that I think people are going to miss. Say that, say that one more time. Okay. So if you're in a one-on-one -on -one with a rep and you teach one rep, they have an aha moment. Mm -hmm. Ask them to share that in a team channel. So if it's you found a win on Sales Navigator, a new process, for example, or uh, you found a filter on Salesforce that you can run some fire reports on, yep. have the rep record a video of themselves going through that process and then share it in your team channel. And also share a little bit of context as to like, hey, here's what I was going like. It's like a use case, right? Yeah. Uh, here was the challenge that I was having. Here's a solution. Here's how it's working. And here's how you do it. Yeah. Right. And so that's a really, one, it's a really great way for people to go, oh, yeah, like my peers figured this out. Now I will. It's also a really great way to build up engagement on the team, too. Yeah. I mean, having the engagement on the team is critical because now people are going to be willing to share their mm -hmm. own ideas and share like, their wins, right? And yeah. so now you don't have to be in every single conversation, yeah. be helicopter. You mm -hmm. can do those things. So then yeah. it leads to, as we're wrapping all this up, there's probably people listening that are mm -hmm. like, okay, GB's making sense. I get it. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> we can, we can right, only yeah, hope. Cut it. No, but, <laughs> no, but making sense, right? This I can go do these things. Yeah. And they're a rep. Yeah. What can a rep start preparing for to become a great coaching manager mm. and we all know the answer is ego so how do they diminish their ego going into that position it's a great question honestly like i i don't know that there is truly an easy transition from individual contributor to manager yeah so i think you just got to be ready like get punched in the face a bunch of times like there's gonna be reps who don't like you yeah. um you maybe go you maybe go from peer to manager and that's mm -hmm. gonna be a really really hard transition very hard very very hard i think to um a, a kind of balm to that experience is recognizing that instead of the folks on the front line who are mm -hmm. your teammates it's now your fellow managers who are your teammates yeah and so that looks like sharing like hey like i'm gonna have to have a really tough conversation i've never had it before like how have y'all approached it and can we role play so you can still take a lot of the tactics that you had used in the individual contributor role such as brainstorming together yep. with your team role playing together before you go and do things but just recognize that your team truly like your real real team is is your peers 
Yeah. So it's fellow AE managers. It's your fellow BDR, SDR managers. Um, of course, like hopefully your boss is really great. Hopefully. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> if not, like I think finding mentors internally at the organization. Critical. Oh, so, so critical. Yeah. And so um, it, it, like that to me is what really starts to help. And I think that's probably the path to like keeping your ego in check. Cause you can easily go and tell your mentor who's been doing the job for however many mm -hmm. years, like, Hey, I really don't like how this rep is doing X, Y, and Z. They're not listening to me. And I think it's an insubordination problem. Mm. And they're probably like, if they're a great men mentor, they're going to ask you some questions and they're going to get you thinking. Yeah. And then if you're right, it's going to be like, okay, cool. Like make decisions. But if you're wrong, they'll likely tell you in a way that you need to be, you need to be told. Yeah. They're let you know. They're going to let you know. And then hopefully they offer a, a new set of behaviors, yeah. right? That you can then try out and test out and see if that improves. But yeah, my experience as far has been like, okay, I tried something out, got punched in the face, didn't work out, get the feedback from, oh, a big, a big thing you can do. Okay. Ask for a lot of feedback from your reps. Your reps will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just to say, hey, I need some feedback. They're typically pretty honest. Or you I, feel like that's like you have to build, pulling teeth a little bit to get can, that. I think some it depends on the rep. Like there are going to yeah. be, be some people who are just going to be very, very transparent with you, and those are like those are your gems. Like they're going to be the ones who will help you get a pulse on the For team. Sure. How are people are feeling? Um, they might come to you proactively about what's happening on the team, like energy wise. And so I think with um, so with them, it could just be like, hey, like how are you doing? How do you feel like the team is doing? Hey, by the way, like. Here are some things that I'm working on mm -hmm. and trying out. Uh, I, uh, as I'm trying it out, would love to get your feedback on like whether you think this is a, like this is something that's beneficial or yep. not. Yep. Um, sometimes, like if you have reps who are very very shut down, mm -hmm. I used to just like let them be shut down. That never works out well. So sometimes with them, you kind of have to like poke the bear. Yeah. I'll be honest and just be like, hey. Um, uh, so nonviolent forms of communication are key, mm -hmm. uh, and it goes like observe feel or concern, need, request. Like, hey, here's what I'm observing. I'm observing we come to one-on-ones. Mm -hmm. You're pretty shut down. Yeah. Or like, or that might be a judgment, but like I notice you come into one-on-ones, you kind of got your head down. I ask you questions. You're giving me one word answers. Yeah. I'm also noticing that with your performance, uh, yeah, effectiveness, effectiveness rates have gone down as well. Yeah. My biggest concern is that like we're investing time uh, in that you know, regardless, it seems like maybe you're just not yeah. as engaged. And it's wasting your, it's wasting yeah. your time. And so like, we're not being honest yeah. About, like, and so really like, I think on. like, yeah, just like moving, like just like moving forward. Like, here's what I think I, I really, I think something that could be really beneficial is if we just did like, like, this is to share, like, how are you feeling about the role today? Yeah. How are you feeling about me as a manager? Yeah. And I want you to be, I, I, I'm going to try and hold space and be non-judgmental and not take it personal, but like, how, like, how do you really feel? And yeah. some people will, like, I've had people like open up and tell me all like 37 ways they hate me. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> I'm like, wow, I, I really wish I would have known this sooner. Like, I, yeah. I really wish, because uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll even now I'll tell people like, hey, um, I'm not going to be great. But I will tell you this: I don't wake up in the morning aspiring to piss y'all off. Yeah, right? no, exactly. Like, it's just so, this is just what happens. Yeah, right? so, like there's there's yeah, things within it, and yeah. I heard. I heard a pastor say this in a sermon and I was like, yeah. oh, this is like really cool that he said it. He says, I always want to be hot. And he's like, honest, open and transparent. Yeah. And I think that's what you have to be in mm. these situations because 
yeah, you could be coaching someone or managing someone that honestly doesn't want to be there. And it's like, mm -hmm. like you said, cool, I can get you in product, I can get you in marketing. Yeah. It's okay to tell me you don't like or, me so I yeah. can change, right? Because yeah. you're showing up to this conversation yep. with disdain and mm -hmm. you're upset with me, which mm -hmm. leads to like the second to last question that I'm mm -hmm. going to ask you here, which is there's a lot of managers listening in mm -hmm. right now that are new, could be in the game for a while. And now they're probably like, dang, GB just like said a couple of things I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Within everything as a manager, what do you feel is leading to bad management mm. across the board? Is it bad leadership training? Is it people are just, they get in the role and they think, oh, I was the number one rep. So like everyone should do it my way or the highway. Like what is leading to this? I was having this conversation with um, a new coworker recently, mm. and we were talking about being at companies that are growing like pretty aggressively. Yeah. And one of the things that he talked about was like, there's a difference between organizations and cultures that um, have a lot of urgency. He's like, yeah. he's like, I like that. I want us to feel like we're moving towards something. He's mm -hmm. like, but there's a difference between desperate, like being uh, 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 acting from a place of urgency and acting from a place of desperation. Yeah, I think when you start putting performance over behavior mm. and not recognizing that behavior is part of performance. Yeah. That that to me is what starts to, I think, like open up cracks yeah. in in the quality, um, yeah, in quality of coaching and also the compassion needed. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, hey, like so and so got 150 percent of their number, but also five people on their team go home crying every <laughs> night, <laughs> like if you say, hey, like, but he, but they hit their number. I think that's where you start to open up the door where, where people it's not go. Long term, it's not sustaining. It's not, not going to work. Well, I think that's, and it's just, it's also there. What that starts to do is it opens up an invitation for anyone yeah. to go, hey, as long as I keep my house in order, performance wise, I can act a plum fool anytime I want, and yeah. no one's going to say anything to me. So I think as soon as you like tolerate I think this to me is like probably the core the core problem is mm -hmm. as soon as you start to tolerate poor management um and there's whether it's like you get information back that lets you know hey there's poor management and you go eh, but whatever yeah or you don't actually put in the systems to get that feedback so you can action on it like that to me is what starts to erode everything yeah so i think you first and foremost need to establish a culture of feedback and then you also need to make sure that once people actually give the feedback you're honoring it doesn't mean that you take action on every single thing that they yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. But, but you acknowledge, yeah, you acknowledge that yeah. you let them understand like, hey, here's how we're going to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And then I think from there, people recognize like, here's the environment that I'm in. And now sure. I am willfully choosing to remain here or decide to go elsewhere. Yeah. So that's kind of like my thought on on that one. Yeah, no, I, I love that answer. And it leads to like from a feedback perspective, mm -hmm. because you said you have mentors and things of that nature, you probably have a really good answer to this question. Mm -hmm. What is the best sales advice that you've received recently it's not it's not recent um okay it's not recent like so my my grandfather worked in sales at ibm for like mm. 20 some years worked his way up into like a director level position so um he, i will talk to him quite a bit about like leadership as well as sales yeah and one of the things that he shared with me like probably a decade ago was the best people in sales were the ones who got their prospects to see the seller's idea as yeah. the prospect's idea. Yeah. And that to me is like literally the salesperson coaching the prospect. Yeah. To come to that conclusion. Like uh, it's not persuasion, it's influence yeah. more than anything else. So yeah, I 
and so what I share with people on my team or mentors of mine or mentees of mine, I'll just share, hey, like we are the reason that somebody is going to buy from us. Mm. Like, yes, there's a there's a product perspective to it, but I was like, I think the role that we play as salespeople is we really get to be the channels of inside yeah. information and ask some questions that get people to think, like, oh, maybe the way that I'm not I'm doing this. It's been fine, but maybe I've outgrown this. So we get yeah. to be like the therapist, basically, yeah. for the prospects. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, it's it's not like, hey, it's like actionable advice. Yep. But like that to me is the insight that I feel like has really helped me when I stepped into sales go, all right, kind of understand the kind of mentality that I need to have in order to do really, really well here. And then also, I think, to be like true to myself too, because I don't like telling people, do this. Yeah. Right? It's, it's very like I'm guiding you, I'm asking questions, mm -hmm. I'm trying to like steer you, like you yeah. said, influence you in that direction yeah. so you may come to that conclusion. Exactly. So speaking of conclusions, we're at the conclusion. So any shout outs or mentions that you have here before yeah. we wrap up? Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, and a mention to Women in Sales Club. Yeah. So Alexi Mudawar and I, we started Women in Sales Club last year in January. Yeah. Um, so community like built first and foremost to the best way to put it is like enable and empower women into leadership positions within sales. Um, what's really, really special about what we're doing now, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is I've seen some organizations uh, where it's it's only women. And I'm like, hey, like this is phenomenal. Yep. And also like we need men to be a part of the conversation. Absolutely. So like we have to have integrated conversations. Can't it can't be siloed. So um, so a lot of what we've done in the past has been like conversations on Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. uh, we've launched a newsletter. So be sure to sign up for that, please. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then um, and so we'll be doing some really exciting things this year uh, to bring back kind of community to the forefront and also run some corporate sponsorships as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, GB, thanks so much for coming on the show. Dropped a lot of nuggets, so people should be good. And as always, I say y'all, one up, and we'll see you all next time. All right. Cheers.